light of infinite. His tzedakah endures forever. As I read these words from Tehillim, I picture King David on his harp, composing these words. Feeling fully elevated, recognizing that God is all-giving all the time, eternally the ultimate example of tzedakah, of righteous giving. At some point in life, we all learn that money comes and goes. It can be up one day and down the next. It's all in the hands of Hashem. So the deeper way to conceive of money in our lives is that you only own that which you give away. As it says in Mishlei, Proverbs, there is one who gives generously, yet ends with more. This means that by focusing on what you can give instead of what you can receive, you actually turn yourself into a vessel for receiving. This is all seen through the power in the Kabbalah of tzedakah, charity. As we read in this Parsha Re'eh, When there will be poor amongst you, do not tighten your heart and do not close your hand in front of your poor brother. Rather, open your hand to him. In last week's Devar, we covered Arizal's teaching that creation came about because of Hashem having this fundamental desire to give. Therefore, the natural state of being is one in which Chesed, the bountiness and unlimited influx of Hashem's kindness, flows freely into the world, unhampered by either sin or dinim, judgment. We nevertheless find ourselves in a world that is not completely chesed, because part of Hashem's desire is to give us the opportunity to sweeten judgment, mamtika dinim, with tzedakah, with charity, and to transform dinim into chesed ourselves, emulating Hashem in His ability to give to others. There's a royal dynasty included in the ruins of the Tomb of Kings in Jerusalem, known as the House of Adi Abin. The family ruled a small kingdom in what is now Iraq. They converted to Judaism and built a burial complex that was likened to one of the seven wonders of the world. This tomb was believed to hold the remains of a few family members, including Queen Helena and her sons, Izatus and Monobazus, also known as King Munbaz, the Hebrew form of the Greek name. Munbaz was a righteous king who lived at the end of the second Beit HaMikdash, the Holy Temple era. The way he chose to live played a major role in how the Jewish concept of tzedakah evolved. The Talmud tells the story of his detractors accusing him of squandering his and his ancestors' treasures and sent a letter to him. Your ancestors saved treasures and added to those for their ancestors. But you went and gave away all of your treasures, both yours and those of your ancestors. Munbaz addressed their complaints with six different responses. My ancestors saved treasures below, but I saved treasures above, as it said, faithfulness will spring up from the ground. My ancestors saved treasures in a place in which a human hand ruled, but I saved treasures in a place in which a human hand does not rule. As it said, righteousness and justice are the base of your throne, steadfast love and faithfulness stand before you. My ancestors saved treasures that do not yield interest. But I save treasures, they yield interest, as it said, Hail the just man, for he shall fare well, he shall eat the fruit of his works. My ancestors saved treasures of money, but I save treasures of lives, souls, as it said, The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, a wise man captivates people. My ancestors saved treasures for others, but I save treasures for myself, as it said, And it will be to your credit, stakah, before the Lord of your God. My ancestors saved treasures in this world, but I saved treasures for myself in the world to come. As it said, your vindicator shall march before you. Moonbaz's main argument is clear. While his ancestors stored up material goods in this world of finitude, he stored treasures that yield profits in the infinite world to come. Moonbaz repeated the word save because he wanted to show that giving was the surest way of saving. We have seen this concept before in Sifre Devarim, in which Moshe's body is saved or hidden from us in this world 
preserved only for the world to come. So we see that when someone gives something as tzedakah in this world, as Moshe gave his life righteously to Hashem and the Jewish people, that tzedakah is saved for them in the world to come. In Likutei Lachot, Rab Natan expounds on the notion of opening one's hand to give charity, which he calls an arousal from below, and the first in repentance. Charity is what creates the arousal from above, as Rambam explained, God chooses in these moments to reveal himself to man. This is where one sees Hashem's Hashkacha Prati, the divine providence, this ongoing active participation in one's personal life. As it says in Likutei Lachot, charity leads to unity, as it nullifies all the differences between people and points the way to truth, which is one. And by opening your hand and giving to others, you draw a spirit of life that brings vitality into your own life. What Moonbaz was teaching us is not only that giving tzedakah generates rewards in the world to come, but that money you give away is, in a sense, your own possession in this world, and that the rewards are also reaped in this world. It's as if what you give away you freeze in time. It can no longer be taken away from you and you will always exist as it were in that moment of giving. Whereas everything that you hold onto is ephemeral and can be gone the very next day without serving any higher purpose. Using Jeremiah as a source, the wise shall not boast their wisdom, the strong their strength, and the rich their wealth. Rabbeinu Bachia teaches that if one relies solely on the abundance of wealth, it will be removed from them and left to someone else. Or if God does not take the money away, then he takes away their ability to enjoy the wealth. As King Solomon writes, God gives him no power to eat of it. There's a story from the Middle Ages of a great Torah sage who was close with a sultan. The sage was protected from his enemies because the sultan trusted and admired him greatly. However, these enemies continued to try to take down the sage in any way they could, including lying and telling the sultan that the sage was hiding income and avoiding taxes. Disappointed to hear this, the sultan approached the sage and asked him what the total value of his fortune was. The sultan was further disappointed when the sage's response was considerably lower than what the record showed him actually possessing. So the sultan immediately threw the sage into prison. However, the sultan was in disbelief and couldn't really comprehend that all of this time, the sage, a man of truth, wisdom, and integrity, would lie about his wealth. So the sultan went to visit him in prison and asked him to elaborate on his initial response. The sage looked at the sultan and said, I told you how much I gave to charity, as that is the only thing that I truly possess, and no one can take that away from me. As you may see, the rest of my fortune has been taken away from me, and I no longer possess it, but the tzedakah that I gave is mine forever. Even though it sounds like a contradiction, the reality is that our possessions are only ours to the extent that we give them away. This is spelled out in the verses later in the Parsha as it's written, You should surely give to him, and do not let your heart feel bad about giving to him. For because of this, God your Lord will bless you in all your endeavors and in everything you put your hand to. On the other end of this, I always think of Notorious B.I.G. in his song, Mo Money, Mo Problem, which is actually paralleled in the Talmud in Pirkei Avot. The more possessions, the more worry, which isn't to say that wealth, when used properly within a spiritual life, isn't a blessing. The teaching is referring to the Sitra Achra, the other side, the darker side of wealth, when it's not used for giving but instead constrains the person into tavat mamon, the desire for money, causing the person to fall deeper and deeper into the mentality of need. Rabnatan spells this out, teaching that wealthy people who have failed to grasp the purpose of life, and in particular those who envy the good fortune of others, suffer constantly. All the wealth in the world would not suffice for them. Even more powerfully, Proverbs says, charity saves from death. So we see that we can counter the concept, more money, more problems, with more charity, more peace. As it's written, and the work of your charity shall be peace. This isn't to say that one should give in order to receive, but the verse specifically speaks about the difficulty of parting with one's own possessions and reassures us that by giving away our possessions, we create blessings not only for the recipient, but for ourselves. In Likutei Al-Echod, it's written, Tzedakah is the tikkun, the rectification of wealth, which further leads to unity and peace. And that is why it's customary to give tzedakah before tefillah, before prayer. 
This way a person attains inner unity before stepping into God's presence to make requests. The person's prayers are then infused with the perception that everything is good and everything is one. King David, at the height of his wealth and power, said, Poor and needy am I, because he understood that everything is in the hands of Hashem. And as we learn in Zohar, he who is small is great. A humble person is happy with their lot, accepting everything with love and joy, never feeling that they deserve more, which only leads to disunity and anger. I remember this one scene in this movie, This Is 40, where Pete, played by Paul Rudd, had decided to go off on his own and start a record label. He's put all into releasing an album by a seasoned artist named Graham Parker. But when the album releases and the event takes place for the album release, there are meager album sales and Graham is forced to play to a small room. Barely anyone shows up and Pete is extremely disappointed, feeling bad that he couldn't do more for this newly signed artist. Pete walks up to Graham after the show and Graham teaches him the importance of keeping a small nut. It goes a little something like this. That was spectacular guys, really well done. Hey Graham. Pete, how are you man? Well, the first numbers came in. Happy? How's it looking? About half of your last record. Ah, so you're expecting it to sell? They never sell anymore. They used to sell, but now they don't. I'm not a sexy 16-year-old girl, but I wanted it to sell. It's such a good record. I feel like I let you down. No, I'm going to be fine. My overheads are low. I just got a song in Glee. Guy in the wheelchair is going to sing it to the Asian girl, I believe. I don't know. I've never seen the show, but that's what I'm told. Secret is, make sure you have a small nut. That's the key to life. As odd as it may sound, this reminds me of one of Rabbi Nachman's essential lessons, which he prefaces by saying, understand this well. Learn to live within your means. Everyone is constantly in need of all kinds of things. This applies even to the very wealthy. It is best to be satisfied with a minimum and to run your household according to your means at that time. He stresses the importance of being content with what you have and taking only what you need from this world. When we are content, we can enjoy the full light of God. The opposite of existing in this space is the belly of the wicked shall be wanting. Because in the space of insatiable lust for materialism and money, a person is never content with what they have and constantly feels the need for more. Such a person can't be at peace. Rabbeinu teaches that worthless pursuits, pride, and malicious gossip can only lead to poverty, both spiritual and eventually material. The remedy for these things, however, is to give charity which brings blessings and prosperity. It's in Genesis that we read of the curse, by the sweat of your brow you will eat bread. Giving charity frees a man from this. It is accounted to them as if they made an incense offering to Hashem. Even out of the little that we may take from this world, we must contribute a portion to charity. We see this in the Korbanot, the sacrifices from the poor. They are still obligated to give, even when they may have so little, or seemingly nothing at all. It's their giving that Hashem desires and values more than anything. It bestows dignity upon them and brings blessings to them. As Chazal teaches, God desires the heart. The act of charity whereby the giver benefits the receiver ushers a flow of blessing and abundance into this world. One cheat code to receiving more is giving more, as it's written in the Talmud, tit in order to become wealthy. The Lubavitcher Rebbe, in response to one of his Chassidim, shared, One whose divine service is characterized by the attribute of kindness and its expression in divine service, Equality, particularly related to the Kohanim, for a Kohen is a man of kindness, has no constraints to his spirit of generosity, be it in tzedakah or in Torah study. And there the Alter Rebbe concludes that God also conducts himself towards that person with his attribute of abundant kindness that has no limit or end. The Rebbe continues, God has two ways of granting blessing. One is that he grants money first and sees what portion a person gives to tzedakah. Another way is for a person to give even more to tzedakah than he can. God does not remain indebted and pays this person back, calculating how many portions are due him. If he had given a tenth, or if he had given with abandon, how many portions are due him as a fifth. As a consequence, the result is that every dollar that one gives 
beyond what appears to him as his present capacity, God gives him in addition to that dollar many times that amount. As is well known and is explained in several texts, I often quote the Beatles lyric, the love you take is equal to the love you make. In another music Talmud parallel, Benzoma asks, who is wealthy? And answers, he who rejoices in his lot. What you have is created by what you give. If you have a community, children, the love of people, all that comes by virtue of giving and loving. The same with tzedakah. What you give is the only thing that you could say is truly yours. True wealth is the blessing of giving. Dive in deeper at lightofinfinite.com.